house is alive this morning. I really believe that the house is alive this morning. I believe that something's going to change for many of you this morning. There's a passion here this morning that I can sense and feel. You know, um, I've got to tell you something that every time I stand up the front here, I realize how inadequate I am. I, it's just something that comes over me. I, like, I just realize I am so inadequate to do this. You know, the word says that we are supposed to walk into the, into the throne room of God with confidence. And that's what we should be confident in God's love for us. But I think when it comes to our own confidence, what we need is Godfidence, not confidence in ourselves. Because every time I stand up here, I got to go, I go, God, you better do something. Because, you know, this is, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. You better just give it all to me because I ain't got nothing. Well, this morning I want to preach or give a message about an area that I'm really passionate about. I'm passionate about it because I have failed in this area many times. I have wrestled with this area many times. And occasionally still, I think I'm a lot better at it now, but I still struggle sometimes. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. And that's the area of how we respond in times of adversity. How we respond to trouble when it comes our way. How we respond to the storms of life when they come our way. You know, trouble reveals our true nature. If you want to know somebody for real, get around them when they're in trouble. Because trouble takes all the masks off. It makes us really raw and it shows us exactly what our emotional and spiritual maturity is. That's why God uses trials to get us changed. But this morning, before I start in the scripture and get into the message, what I want to do is uh, introduce you to a man that I met recently, a friend of mine. We've only known each other for a couple of weeks, but um, while we were discussing and sharing our faith, he started to share his testimony with me. And I thought, this is a testimony that the church needs to hear. So I would like to welcome Wayne up to the stage here, to the altar. Please encourage him as he brings something for us. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm going to try and get through this. Um, David's right. Um, I want to talk about what are the chances today. What are the chances that things happen to us that we don't really understand? This man here, I've known him for less than a month. Um, I needed some work done in my house and I put an ad uh, up online to get a tradesman to come out and, and do some work. Um, I met David and he came out to my house and what are the chances that someone would come out so quickly? We're talking tradespeople here, they don't, they don't turn up. Um, and he came out and, and he said, yeah, look, I can see what you need doing and, and I'll send you a quote. And I'm like, okay. Uh, that day he came back and said, yeah, look, I've, I've um, had a look at it, I can do the work and, uh, and I can do it in a couple of days. And I'm like, what the? What are the chances? 
you know, I have this urgent job I have to do and this guy turns up. So he comes out of my place and we're talking and, and he's working, I'm listening. And, uh, and he says, um, so what do you do for a job? And I said, I told, that's a long story. I'm not working. Um, and he goes, I've got time because I'm just working here. So, okay. So I told him my story. Who would have thought that um, he was a Christian? I didn't know that. And he said to me after I told him my story, um, he said, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. <laughs> Two grown men standing in a lounge room praying. That doesn't happen. What are the chances? You know, I met this guy back up a little bit a couple of years ago. Um, I was married. That's a whole other story. Um, and uh, came home one Sunday and my wife said, I've made some plans, but unfortunately those plans don't include you. So, but I picked myself up from that, had a great job and things like that and decided that I'd embrace my bachelor life. So I love mountain biking, it's my passion. I could talk to you about it all day. Um, I ride my bike as, as much as I can these days. And um, I had an accident, I ended up in hospital uh, there wasn't a mark on me, but the nurse in the hospital uh, thought that I had ruptured my spleen and I was bleeding internally. And she's like, we've got to get you out of this little country hospital and get you down to the big smoke. So they flew me by helicopter. Um, I, I, I had been knocked out and, and I did have some injuries. They flew me by helicopter. I ended up in hospital. Um, and the x-rays showed that I didn't break any bones or anything like that. But unfortunately, uh, it showed that I had a terminal uh, lung disease that I didn't know about either. Fast forward, uh, uh, you know, I lost my job because I couldn't work anymore because I got that sick and um, had, to, had a lot of things to deal with and, and things like that. But I'm here to say that the one thing that scared me the most, I became a Christian back 1978 when I was a young man and um, found the Lord and, and uh, you know, got married, had children and did all that sort of stuff. And I let the distractions of life get in the way of all that sort of stuff. So I was in the wilderness for 40 years, you know, without the Lord. And now all of a sudden I face this, this thing that says, well, now your life is going to end. I, I still remember sitting down and talking to the doctor and he's like, you need to get your, your stuff in order. You get your will organised and things like that because, you know, the, the disease is going to kill you. We can't cure it. There's no cure. And, and it's one of those diseases that's really aggressive. Um, and I came home from that appointment and after a couple of days of soul searching, I actually um, knelt down in my bedroom. <sighs> and I prayed that God would forgive me, not heal me, just forgive me because I didn't want to lose salvation. I didn't want all this stuff that had happened to to um, get in the way of my salvation because nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much money you have or, or whatever. The only, only thing that we have, the greatest gift, is our salvation. And I prayed to God and I said, please, don't let me leave this planet without being with you because... Everything else, whatever I have, all disappears. When I pass, it all goes. There's nothing else left. 
and, and I didn't want to lose that salvation. So today, when I was telling David this, uh, and he was saying, you, you're so calm and collected, and I said, well, when I was talking to the, um, the lung specialist, some, you know, because this has been going on now for a couple of years, uh, that's another story, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but um, talking to the, uh, the lung specialist, and, and he says, look, we, we might be able to do this or this, and, and I said to him, I don't care about that stuff. I said, I trust you and I trust your hands that, that whatever you do for me will work. But the reality is, I actually know now where I'm going. And that's the, that's the importance, to know where you're going. Thank you, everybody, for letting me stand up here and tell you this. is the first time I've ever done anything like this. First time I've actually acknowledged the Lord in my life publicly, which... Amazing. So, so if you're out there and you've let the distractions get in the way of what the important stuff is, I'd like to pray for you today. And I'd ask, put your hand up if you've been distracted or if you need something special in your life because the power of God is absolutely amazing. Diagnosed two years ago, terminal illness. I'm still here today. That is a miracle. I had a, I had a recent update with my lung specialist who happens to be the number one lung transplant specialist in, in the country. Uh, he said to me, you are defying the odds. Whatever's going on, this, this disease has pretty much stopped in its tracks. It isn't moving. It's supposed to be taking over my life. Uh, and it has. It's, it's just stopped. It's still there. The x-rays and all that sort of stuff show that it's still there. But uh, it ain't moving. And I think maybe God's got something for me to do before I have to, have to go anywhere else. But, so please, um, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the, the love and the blessings that you've bestowed upon me. And I, I want to move that to the people that are here today, Lord, and I, I pray in Jesus' name that you pour your healing out upon them, that you pour your blessings out upon them, Lord. The houses will be found, the health will be done, uh, the wealth will come in Jesus' name. Uh, pour your blessings out of everybody. I ask for this in Jesus' name. Thank you. What a great testimony. Thank you, Wayne. I remember one of the things that stood out for me when, he's, uh, when I spoke to him, and I said, how do you deal with things where people speak to you about, you know, what's going on? And he said to, he said to me that I just tell them I'm, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. And that's really what we're talking about this morning. If you can turn with me, we're going to be speaking about peace this morning. Turn with me, please, to Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. It's a very short piece of scripture, but it's one of the most powerful pieces of scripture that you will find. It's a beautiful piece of scripture. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Let me read to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, Jesus said, in this life you will face trouble. We live in a fallen world, right? There is trouble. We will face trouble no matter what. Actually, the older you get, the more trouble you face. Are there any youngsters here? Depends how young you are. Yeah, okay, Isaac, not right. If you're a youngster, you're like, What's, what trouble, right? You get woken up in the morning, somebody wakes you up because you didn't set the alarm, you get taken to school and stopped off at Macca's on the way, you get a nice feed, then you go to school and you meet all your friends who come up and you play PlayStation, what trouble? There's no trouble. But wait, it's coming. One day you're going to have a family. Responsibilities bring trouble. And then a mortgage, damn it, prices are going up. A mortgage brings trouble, financial trouble, all different things as you get older, like your body starts breaking down, trouble, sickness, trouble. Ah, there's trouble in the world. You know, if you think about it, trouble is a lifestyle. Think about it. We have trouble all the time. It's actually a lifestyle. Look what's happening in the world today. There are people that are starving to death. There is wars that are raging. There is sickness. There's, there is so many different things. There's sorrow. There's breaking ups of relationships. There's suicide happening. There's storms that ruin people's houses and fires that burn houses down. There is trouble everywhere you look. And now I've just put a real damper on your spirit right now, haven't I? Okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing you a song. I'll sing a song. My wife is cringing right now. It goes like this. Come on, join me. Don't worry. Be happy. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note, but don't worry. What about this one? Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. No. <laughs> Words are powerful. Songs are powerful, but they will only bring you comfort for a short period of time. Peace is what we need. Because peace is not worldly. Peace comes from heaven. Peace is when we drag heaven down to earth when we're in times of trouble. Because peace is the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot get peace from anywhere else excepting from Jesus. And when you get peace, it changes everything for your life completely. This morning I want to give you two principles and how to be able to shake off the yoke of this life and the troubles of this life and to lead a new transforming life 
that God has for you, that Jesus has for you. The first principle is this. Oh, it sounds so basic. Isn't it always so basic? The first one is this. Come to me. What did Jesus say? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me. It's too basic, Jesus. I don't understand. It's too, it's too easy for me to do that. You know what's not in question? It's not in question that we are heavily laden and burdened in our lives. Would you agree with that? Many of us are heavy laden and burdened with sorrow, with things that are going on in our lives. That is not in question. You know what else is not in question? That we seriously need rest and peace. But what is in question is whether we come to Jesus or not. Jesus says you have not because you ask not. Why would he say that? Because we don't ask, especially when we're in trouble. When you are troubled, when you are weary and burdened, where do you go? What do you turn to? When your emotions are screaming uncontrollably, where do you turn to? Do you turn to someone? Do you turn to something? Do you turn to a friend? Do you turn to your family members? Who do you turn to to help you get out of your situation that you're in trouble with? Do you lie awake worrying? Do you lie awake worrying? You cannot if you agree. I think we do. We lie awake worrying, trying to find an escape route, trying to find a way out. We're trying to find an escape boat that we can cut the ties and sail off into the sunset and leave the worries on the horizon. But the prevailing reason why we do not come to Jesus in times of trouble is because we refuse to burn our ships. Did you get it? Probably not. (laughs) Burn our ships. Let me explain. In 1590, a Spanish conquistador called Hernan Cortez, he took an army of people, 600 men, and 11 ships across to Mexico to fight against the Aztec Empire and to claim Mexico for Spain. But this is what he did. When he got there, they, they, they arrived on the shore, they disembarked, and they went up to fight their first war. But after about an hour's travel, Hernan sent back two of his trusted commanders to burn the ships. All of them. All burnt. And in doing so, what he did was he cut off any hope of escape if things went bad. He was telling his men, we are going to battle and we are going to win because we don't have any other options. There is no way back. There is no escape route. You see, it's an acknowledgement that when we try and figure out escape routes out 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 of trouble, that we actually 
put our trust in the escape plan more than we do in God. We trust in our plans more than we do God. You need financial help. You go to a friend. You don't go to God first. You go to a friend. Well, can we, can we, and you start trusting in that. Whatever the, the trouble is, we put our hope in that. To burn the ships simply means this. To completely and wholeheartedly trust in God. To let go of any options of trying to escape the situation that you're in and ask God to take the, your, your life steering wheel and let Him steer you out of the storm. Jesus said in Matthew 6.34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. How powerful is that? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. In other words, we worry so much about tomorrow, what might happen, that we wear ourselves out today. We are completely worn out today. And then when we get to tomorrow, we worry about the next day, so we're worn out on the next day. We are completely worn out. Anxiety over tomorrow's concerns will rob us of our strength today. We become weak Christians when it comes times of trouble. The reason why the word is called weary is because we literally wear ourselves out until some of us actually get sick from it. But I tell you what, when you put your trust in God, when you completely trust Him for your troubles, Something extraordinary happens. A peace that surpasses all understanding will come upon you. Do you know why they say peace of, that surpasses all understanding? Because you cannot logically work out why it is that you are calm inside a raging storm. That is what peace that surpasses all understanding means. You know, it's like, it's like uh, the eye of the storm. You can either stand on the outside and try and run from it, it'll catch you up. Or you can go into the middle of the eye of the storm. You know, they say the eye of the storm on the really big storms, they say when you're in the eye of the storm, there's a, the magical calmness. Even though all the way around you, there's a raging storm, there's a calmness. This is, kind, this is the kind of place that Jesus wants you to be. There's a young man who was eager to grow in his, in his Christian life. He got a piece of paper and he made a list. And he started to write down all the things he was going to do for God. He was going to do this and he was going to do that. And he was going to go and minister there and go to that city and that go there. He was going to do all these different things. And then he went to his church and he put the list on the altar, thinking that he was going to feel really good about it. But he felt really empty. There was no joy. So what he did was he thought, well, maybe the list is not good enough. There's not enough stuff on my list. So he went and he started adding more things and then subtracting things of, 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 that he was doing that he knows he shouldn't do, writing down all these different things. He thought, this is going to do it. He went to the altar. He put it on. Still nothing. Empty. So finally, he went to his, his old pastor, wise old pastor. And he said, 
and he told them the story. And the pastor said to him, take a blank piece of paper and sign your name on it and then go and put it in the altar. And when he did that, a peace that surpasses all understanding came on him. You see, we're so busy trying to work things out in our own strength that we rob ourselves of the peace. But when we have a blank piece of paper, when we allow God to do what God is going to do, that's when peace comes. That's when trouble goes. Jeremiah 17, 7, 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by stream and will not, and will not fear when heat comes. You will not fear when trouble comes if you put your trust in God. But its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Jesus said, three simple words, come to me and I will bring you rest. But I'm telling you now that you will not come to Jesus until you start to burn your ships. Until you decide that it's time that I start letting go of doing stuff in my own strength and start to trust God wholeheartedly. The second principle I have is this. Take his yoke. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know, sometimes we have this perception about a yoke. We see beasts with a yoke on them and they're carrying carts and we think to ourselves, man, that looks like hard work. That is difficult. That, those, those, those ox are trying to pull that cart and they're all yoked together and they're sort of trapped in this place. And we think of yokes as like something that God is, Jesus is going to put on top of us and it's got all these rules and regulations. And so many of us have mistakenly understood what Jesus was trying to say. We got the wrong impression But the real thing that Jesus is saying here is exactly the opposite to what we may think. Remember we said that there's trouble in this world. We will face trouble. We will have laden, burden, ladens, uh, laden burdens on, on us. We will have weights on us. Jesus is saying, you think that that's freedom. You don't want to put the yoke on, my, on your neck because you want to be free from that. But you think that what you have is freedom. What you have is not freedom. 
you are not liberated carrying the same, your own weight with your own yoke. That yoke will weigh you down. You don't realize it, but you actually have a yoke on your neck and it's called the world's troubles. When you walk around without Jesus' yoke, you're, you're pulling your own weight and it's heavy and that's what kills you. That's what wears you down. The purpose of a yoke, if you think about it, is, is to take two or more animals to join them together to, so that they walk in unity so that they can bear the load together so that the cart can move faster so that the cart can carry more stuff but also so that the beasts don't have to carry so much weight themselves. Jesus is not saying here's a yoke to stick on your neck. It's light, don't worry about it. Jesus is saying Take my yoke. Jesus already has the yoke on his neck. He already has the yoke on his neck and he's saying, I want you to join with me and partner with me. Because when you partner with, you know, with somebody else, it's easier, but it's still hard work. But I tell you what, when you partner with the living creator of this world, the one who has all the power, the one that all things are possible, your yoke will definitely be light. You will be able to carry so much more. You will be able to do so much more when you're yoked with Christ. Jesus says, take my yoke and learn from me. You know, we might think that a yoke is something that's uh, straight for two beasts, but it's actually, they don't build them straight. They actually build them slightly at an angle. The reason why they do that is because all the beasts are of different ages, different sizes, different weights. So what they do is they put the stronger one that has the angle closer to him and the weaker one where the angle is a little bit less. So the stronger one carries the weight first. And the weaker one carries the weight second. But because they're, they're strong and weak, they actually move in unity together. Jesus takes the strong one. You take the light one. But what they, the, reason, the other reason why they do that is because the young beast or the weaker beast is then able to learn from the older beast how he does it how he pulls and how he grows. And the younger one looks and says, look how strong he is, look how big he is, I wanna be like that. So the younger one starts to pull and starts to, to try and do the same thing. Jesus says, learn from me, watch me. If you yoked with me, learn from me. Because when you are strong, I want you to carry the burdens of other people. I want you to help other people that are weighed down. You cannot do that unless you're yoked and learning on how to carry weight. You know, it's, it's, it sounds ridiculous, absurd, that we would choose to walk around this world in our life with our own yoke on our shoulders and carry a heavy lead 
one person carrying a whole cart of stuff and refuse to be yoked with Jesus who is going to carry the bulk of the load for us. It's ridiculous. Why would we do that? And he has the rub to quote Shakespeare. For it highlights the core reason why we prefer, prefer to carry a heavy yoke ourselves. The real decision isn't whether the yoke is lighter or not. It's more about our willingness to surrender and to bend our necks and to come under Jesus' command. Trusting Him as both Lord and Saviour for our lives. You see, peace and rest is not the end goal. The end goal is to walk side by side with Jesus. Peace comes with it. But if you want to walk side by side with Jesus, you have to wear His yoke. Otherwise you walk alone. And this is what I heard Wayne say this morning. Is trouble and adversity painful? Yes. Yes, it is. But we need to remember that there is two, two ways that we can look at this. There's, there's two options that we can take when trouble comes. You can worry, you can be anxious, and you can stress. But these things are primarily less concern of the trouble at hand as they are about the art of searching for an escape route. When we lie awake worrying at night, it's not so much about the trouble, it's more about how am I going to escape it? That's what we worry about. And also our unwillingness to bend our necks under the yoke of Christ. Worry is a retreat. It's a declaration of defeat when it comes to trusting in God. It leaves us worn out and heavy laden. On the other hand, you can hold to your trust and seize an opportunity to grow. Seize an opportunity to walk side by side with Jesus. Seize an opportunity to become stronger for the next trouble. Do you know that you can trade your troubles for peace? Do you know that God tra God's a trader? He loves to trade stuff. Come on, God wants to trade with you. He wants to trade your sorrow, your troubles, your hardships, your, all you have, and He trades it for trust and faith. You give Him trust and faith, He's going to give you peace. You give Him trust and faith, He's going to give you deliverance. This morning, I know, of you, I know that there are many of you that are, that are under trouble. Your circumstances are hard. Do you need someone to help you? 
Jesus is waiting. Come to Jesus. Burn your ships and bend your neck and He will give you rest. Amen. Can we, can we stand, everybody? I want to pray for you guys. I know Wayne has already prayed, but I want to just add to that. Father, we come to you this morning knowing full well that our human nature is weak. And so often, God, when things come our way that we find hard, Lord God, we struggle to trust because we are just wanting to alleviate the problems and to run away from them, God. But Lord, we know, Father God, that you already have a plan for us if we will turn to you. You have already got a plan out for us when we turn to you. Every single situation you are in control of, you can make a plan and make a way out for every single situation. There is no situation in this room, in this world that you cannot alleviate and make, make right. God, I pray for every single person here this morning that is worried and anxious. I pray, Lord God, that today they would make a decision to stop trying to find a way out and to trust you and you alone. And God, would you come through? God, would you reveal your hand this morning? God, would you reveal miracles in this place, Lord, that there would be testimonies coming, testimonies sharing with our pastor, testimonies sharing with the church. This is what happened when I trusted God. Father, bring your peace. We gladly accept your yoke and we gladly bend our necks to you, Jesus, in your precious name.